Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Uh, you'll have to deal with the bell. I have to have my windows open because uh, it's stinking hot in here <laughs> and stuffy. Um, yeah, I turned off my fan, though, so at least you won't have to listen to that, but you will have to listen to the bells and the cars and the trucks and whatever else goes by, because that's how it's going to be. All right. <clears throat> Our catechesis today continues in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 5 today. It's pretty loud. Well, you know the first part, and you can have the music in the background. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Yep. <clears throat> Good to see you all checking in there. Don, Karen, uh, Grace, on the way to Roswell, Karen, Eileen and Gus, and Donna. All right, let's say our memory verse for this week together. Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, verse 6. Our psalm, Psalm 119, now Gimel and Dalit. Say it together. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your just decrees at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life, according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your just decrees before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is continuation from the prophet Joel, chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. 
and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. And our reading for catechesis um, is from Acts chapter 5. Actually, before we do that, um, it is interesting. Here's the portion, actually, of Joel that is quoted in the book of Acts back at Pentecost. That's why that sounds familiar. All right, so that's why we're reading through Joel, because there Peter sets the tone uh, at his preaching in Acts chapter 2. But now we're in chapter 5, and uh, we pick up there in verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those uh, with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have him brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things, so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And when he, and he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thoidius rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about four hundred, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census, and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away these from these men, and let them alone, for if this plan or this work is of men, they will come to nothing. But if it is of God, it can, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they had called the, for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded 
that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. There ends the reading. Just relax. It has happened before. Yes, that's exactly uh, one of the sentiments that we want to we want to note here. This is actually the reason for reading the book of Acts is that you find, um, as we talked about in Bible study yesterday, um, that the experience of the saints, as we saw from uh, Hebrews chapter 11, is not um, unique to you. All right, um, You should ex- actually expect to be persecuted, to suffer, um, and maybe even to die for the sake of Christ and for his name. All right, And that's certainly what we see from the book of Acts, and it's what we see Uh, in the book of Hebrews as well, with the example of the patriarchs and prophets and David and such. All right, so some catechesis here. Uh, Who was jealous of the apostles? What does it say? Yeah, the high priest and all who were with him, uh, which is the sect of the Sadducees, right? And what did they learn, uh, or what did they do to them? Yeah, they laid their hands on the apostles and put them uh, in the common prison, right? Uh, but who came to the jail in the night? An angel of the Lord, right? And what did he say? This is what angels do. They speak, right? Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Um, speak to all the people the words of this life. Why do you think that's important? What life is he talking about? Well, think of Matthew 28, right? Go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them, right? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them hmm, to observe all things I've commanded you. Um, but I think in mind here, maybe something more like what we see in John uh, chapter 8. Let's see, John 8. Where in John 8? Oh, I'm in the wrong section on my Bible software. Ah, there we go. All right, let's do that. Otherwise, it's too small and I can't read it. Uh, John 8, about 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right. And then uh, how about chapter 11 of John? We have a similar saying from Jesus. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. There you go. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Later on in the high priestly prayer, what does he say there? Uh, and this is eternal life, chapter 17, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Right? So the words, it's the words of Jesus that is his teachings that bring life, um, the life of faith in Christ. And of course, Christ himself is the life. Right, so speak the words of this life, meaning could capitalize life. Maybe we'll just do that, referring then to Jesus. All right. Uh, who might this angel be? Here you might think of the Old Testament angel um, of the Lord, the Old Testament angel being the second person of the Trinity. So this could just be Jesus. Yeah. Um, what did the officers report then to the Sanhedrin, to the council? When the officers came, verse 22, 
did not find them in prison. They reported and or returned and reported saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely. And the guards were at the door, but no one was, was inside. Um, how did they find the apostles then? Uh, so one came, it says here in verse 25, right? Uh, saying, look, the people whom you put in the prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Uh, so why didn't the officers use force? They, did, they brought them without violence. Why not use violence? They, like the priests, fear the people, that the people would stone them, right? Those uh, who believe in the word of the apostles. All right, what did the uh, Sanhedrin, that, that council, the ruling council, what did they complain about? See that in verse 28. We told you not to teach in Jesus' name, right? Uh, and yet uh, the apostles have continued to preach in his name, preach and teach in his name, and have filled all Jerusalem with your doctrine. Look at that. Um, so, what did they accuse the apostles of doing? Intending or trying to do what? Bring this man's blood upon us. That sounds familiar. Why do you think that's an odd complaint? Huh. Like I said, it sounds familiar. I think Matthew. In the trial of Jesus, well, you had the, all the people answering and saying, his blood be on us and on our children, right? When Pontius Pilate says, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person, you see to it. Hmm. So Pilate had declared himself innocent, but this very, these very men had taken the blood upon themselves, and now they're complaining about it being upon them. Hmm. How does Peter answer in verse 29? We must obey God rather than men. All right, and then he preaches a word of law. What law does he preach? The God of our fathers, that would be our father, right? Raised up this Jesus, but there's the law, whom you murdered, verse 30, by hanging on a tree. All right, so that's definitely the preaching of the law. Why is this law? Yeah, it speaks of the sinful works of men who turned from the true God, and it calls them to, of course, repentance, right? To give repentance to Israel for the forgiveness of sins. You see right away in the next verse. Um, of course, what is the gospel? Him, that is Jesus, God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, savior, right? Because it speaks of the work of God in Christ that brings forgiveness of sins. Yes, the internet is good. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Happens to be today. Um, okay, what is meant then by here? And we are witness, his witnesses to these things, so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those, this word, who obey him. Those who obey him. What is meant by obedience in this context? Well, think about what he's been preaching, all right? This is not some kind of uh, man. Hmm some kind of obedience that we construct or that we create out of our own hearts, but rather the obedience of faith, we would say, believing in the teachings of the crucified and risen Lord. That's what he's talking about. And so that's what the obedience is, right? That you believe um, in, in these teachings, what it, the doctrine, right? Think of um, Romans chapter 1, where uh, Paul says, verse 5, through him we have received grace and apostleship, there's that word, for obedience 
to the faith among all nations for his name. All right. And this is upo, upokoin, or koe. Uh, Upokoe is the word there in Greek, right? So we've received grace and apostleship, which then grants obedience to faith, right? To hold fast to the faith is the idea to um, to be held under. Uh, He says something similar in Romans 2, verse 8, but to those who are self-seeking and who do not obey the truth, there it is, but obey, obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul, of every man who does evil, etc. All right, so upokoe, um, upokoe, excuse me. Oh, it's got all sorts of special uses, right? It can be talk, to talk over, to mislead, to prevail over, right? To persuade is another possible meaning. To listen um, is another meaning. Uh, to believe in or trust in a thing is also used in that sense. Uh, to have confidence in a thing, right? So it's more than just simply to do, right? It's to Put oneself under, I think it's a good way to put that, to be put under, under the, the faith, under the truth. All right. Oh, I could give you many more examples. Well, how about a few? It's the summer. We've got time. You're all just sitting about leisurely this morning, right? Uh, Romans 6. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are the one slaves whom you obey, whether to sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that through you, or though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. All right? We don't think of ourselves as slaves, but there's a good kind of slavery, right? Is to be put bound um, to Christ, to his righteousness. Um, later on in Romans 10, he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, right? So there again, obedience uh, used in terms of, um, not, not simply just doing something, but rather um, believing or trusting in something. Of course, that's lost in English. Um, how about Hebrews chapter 11? We heard this uh, not, not yesterday, but a week ago. We studied this text. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. So God makes a promise. He says, here's a gift to you. And obedience there is, is trusting in the gift, having faith in the word that has been spoken. All right, same idea. Well, how about First Peter? We haven't had any Peter. We've had a lot of Paul. How about Peter? Uh, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Right? So there. They don't obey the word, that is, they don't hold fast to it, they don't trust or put themselves or persuaded by or are prevailed over by the word. All right. All right, good. Again, this is, um, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, actually, it was a sidebar conversation I had yesterday in talking about Bible translation and to recognize that um, we don't actually infer the meaning of the scriptures simply from the Greek, or excuse me, from the English, right? Which is a translation. Uh, because the English word, isn't necessarily a one-to-one equivalent, or um, it may have what's called semantic domain, meaning it's the, the, the word that's chosen for the translation may actually have a range of meanings that don't correspond to the range of meanings that the Greek word had, even though the two, it might be a faithful translation. Um, so obey has a whole sense of, con- or a whole context for us, a sense for us, that isn't consistent with the way that the, the Greek word is used, although it can mean obey, um, it has a, a range of meanings 
um, that are different than the word obey does in English, if that makes sense. There's an overlap, um, but the two are different. All right? So, just a little bit about translation there. All right, what, uh, what did the words of Peter then bring about, all right, when he's done preaching here? Verse 40. Yeah, the Sanhedrin are furious, right? Um, furious with him, and they want to, uh, oh, excuse me, not verse 30, it's right here, verse 33. There we go. Um, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's the same thing that they had sought to do to Jesus. See Luke 22, Luke volume 1. Uh, who was the teacher of the law who addressed the Sanhedrin? This is curious, actually. A Pharisee named uh, Gamaliel. All right. What else do we know about Gamaliel? We haven't heard it yet, but we will hear it when we get to Acts chapter 22. All right. Here's what uh, St. Paul says. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. All right. Uh, is that where I wanted to jump in? Yeah. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. Then he said, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus and of Cilicia, but brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous towards God as you are today. Right? So there you have Paul um, talking about his backstory, right? Before his conversion, that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and who trained him? This guy, Gamaliel. Look at that. Uh, what two examples does he give to the Sanhedrin? Yeah, these are two extra biblical um, examples, right? We have Thoidius and we have this Judas of Galilee, right? Um, what happened in both cases? Yeah, these false messiahs, they rose up, um, but they were both killed and then their followers were scattered, right? So what does he urge the Sanhedrin to do? Yeah, just let God figure it out. <laughs> right? Just stay away from them. Keep, leave the men alone. Right? Um, if this is a work of God, you're not going to be able to overthrow it. Right? Um, let God take care of it. Uh, that's actually a pretty good lesson to learn for the church. I mean, not, we don't have to fight every battle. Um, actually, we really don't need to fight any battles. Um, the Lord fights for us. Um, he wins for us. And uh, if he gives us opportunity to rebuke or to, char uh, to rebuke unbelief or to a correct false doctrine, then we can take it, but recognize that it's the Lord who fights through us. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yes. Um, how were the uh, apostles punished for not doing anything wrong? They were still beaten, right? Flogged. I have that right here in verse 40. All right. And what order were they given? Again. Not to speak in the name of Jesus, right? Huh. Of course, how does how do the apostles respond? This is very curious. Rejoicing, we talked about this last week. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Right? So they never stopped proclaiming and that is teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus, despite um the the, uh, su the shame and the suffering that they experienced as a result. And they actually rejoiced in it. Uh, this reminds me of a, a word from Jesus, right? In uh, Luke volume 1, that's the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 6, uh, which is the equivalence to the uh, Sermon on the Mount, right? Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven, for in this manner, or in like manner, their fathers did to the prophets. Again, think Hebrews chapter 11. All right. So, blessed are you when people hate you, exclude you, revile you, and cast out your name as evil. Why? Not because you're a jerk, (laughs) but for the Son of Man's sake, for your confession of Christ. All right. If that's the reason they reject you, rejoice. Leap for joy, knowing um, that you've done the Lord's work. All right. Very good. So let's have a meditation on this text. Uh, what are all the words of this life? Right, which is what the angel told them to speak. They are the word, all the words about Jesus, that angel of the Lord from the Old Testament, who gives life to us through his word. This life is the life of the risen Lord himself, who has come to deliver the one who preaches about him. Our Lord sets prisoners free according to his Old Testament promises and leads us into the midst of his house. The preaching of the resurrection is what enrages the Sanhedrin, and particularly the, Sa- the Sadducees. Gamaliel, a Pharisee, speaks of others who have been killed and leaves the question of the resurrection open. Oh, that's interesting. The disciples were dis- dim- uh, dismissed after being flogged, and they rejoiced to share in the sufferings of Christ, because it was a sign that they would share in his resurrection. The words of this life were being counted, are being, I should say, confirmed among them. All right, so yes. Just relax, it's happened before. I mean, I suppose that's easier said than done if you're being flogged or beaten, right? Um, But uh, that's why we want to keep the memory of this experience alive, right? Uh, So that if we're given occasion uh, to suffer in the way that Christ suffered or to suffer in the way the apostles or the martyrs of the church have suffered, then we can do it all and count it all as joy, as they did, uh, recognizing um, that we're not alone in it, right? It's happened before, it will happen again. Uh, until Christ comes again. All right, our our uh, confession of baptism this week from the Catechism is: How can water do such great things? Say it with me. Certainly not just water, but the Word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith which trusts this Word of God in the water. For without God's Word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the Word of God, it is a baptism. That is a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit as St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. We pray. Heavenly Father, teach us. you teach us that the word of God in and with the water does great things, working forgiveness of sins, rescuing us from death and the devil, and giving us the gift of eternal salvation. Without your word, the water is plain water and no baptism, but with your word, our baptism is life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this precious teaching. Forgive us all doubt. Grant us firm faith to trust your word in the water, that every blessing of baptism may be ours. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Monday, we pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord of mercy.
We pray in Thanksgiving with those who celebrated their birthday yesterday, Walt and Linda. Also, those who celebrate today, Thomas and Gabrielle. Those who rejoiced in the gift of their baptism yesterday, Mindy and Gabriel. We also pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, Janice, Sandy, and Ken. Our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, as well as the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach and Compassion International. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Prayer collect for this week. O God, the strength of all who trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing, grant us your grace to keep your commandments, that we may please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing uh, Luther's hymn, To God the Holy Spirit, Let Us Pray, an excellent hymn teaching us on the value of the life of prayer. Tonight. 
Good to have you with us all here today for our congregation of prayer. See you all checking in in the chat. Um, yeah, it's been a blessing, and uh, but it is going to be a warm one, although not as warm today as yesterday, but it feels more humid. All right, and uh, I understand I'm going to get a new window. I don't know anything about this. Um, and then maybe with the new window, it's going to be a vertical sash instead of horizontal. So then, uh, you know, maybe we can put a, one of those things that cool the room in there, right? <laughs> Otherwise, I have to dress super casual and run a fan and yeah, because it's uncomfortable. All right. There's me complaining. Um, but it, many blessings. It could be worse, right? Yes, of course it could be. Um, let's see. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. So Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again in the morning tomorrow.